evening and welcome to Transatlantic History Ramblings with Lauren and Brian. This is Brian, the sweltering hot Buffalo, New York, USA, and with me as always... is Lauren from the very sunny Swansea. Yeah, very sunny. It, you know, it's 94 degrees today here. Oh, it's not nowhere near that here. It's We're not. Okay. It's not supposed to do that here. Well, it's August. I thought your hottest period was August. It is, but our hottest period is usually never more than the 80s. Global warming and the coronavirus. Yeah, Global yeah. warming and the coronavirus have teamed up to make your life a misery. Yeah, it's like a double feature monster film. Yeah. It's like when they used to play Frankenstein and Dracula together. Speaking of that, well, speaking of horror movies, you know my love of old horror movies, Lauren, right? Yes. So, I was so excited the other day, because on one of the streaming channels I get, they just put up all the old Herschel Gordon Lewis films. Color Me Blood Red, 2000 Maniacs, The Wizard of Gore, The Gore Gore Girls, and I was so excited, and then I found out Sarah has never seen a Herschel Gordon Lewis film. What do you think about that? That's bad. Yeah. I was like, I don't even know uh, you. How is this possible? I mean, how long has she been living with you now? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's not the, I'm just, I'm disappointed in her parents. They did not raise her well, apparently, because she never saw the Wizard of Gore. And, yeah, I've just had to be, like, re-educating her. And, uh, she came home from work today and, she could tell I was watching a Herschel Gordon Lewis film just by the way it looked, so she's she's learning. But uh, I was very sad. She had no idea. Well, you got to educate her, so I, I think you were happy with that. You like Herschel Gordon Lewis films? He's all right. All right? Color me blood red? The Gore Gore Girls! All right, I'm going to stop talking about horror movies now because next week's show, oh, we're going to be talking about horror films because I got one of my favorite independent filmmakers coming on next week. I am so excited. Um, But that's just a little teaser, folks. This week, we're going to be talking, ooh, the spooky, spooky stuff with with our wonderful guests, Neil and Kurt. So, um, you know, we should get some rambling done before they come on and just, just totally take over. Uh, how's yes. your week been, Lauren? Um, it's been okay. Getting back to dissertation now, working with my university lecturers to get an extension. Um, the extension will be until December, so I'll make up all of the lost time over the next few months. Well, that's good. Now you I'm have time. Good. You you have time to watch Herschel Gordon Lewis films. No, my dissertation is on medieval prisons, so I don't. I really, I really don't have time to. I mean, I will I will send you some um, examples of the documents that I've got to look at, and wow, medieval French is is hilarious. Well, I I do have some French, so it is okay. <laughs> um, and and the thing is is if you if you look at it long enough, you can make out what the letters are. Well, I understand French, so you know I could uh, try. Yeah. That looks at like med- med- medieval documents really need 
needs to have at least French or Latin. Like Latin isn't too bad because I'm fluent in Welsh and they're very similar in that, um, for example, we don't like um, we like instead of saying black cat, it would be cat black. So there's things like that in Latin and Welsh. So there's there's a bit of overspill there, but it's it's hard. Even so, basically, you're saying Latin and Welsh are both. <laughs> Latin and Welsh are both grammatically incorrect. Superior to English. They're both superior to English. I mean, English is is just a minefield of hilarity. You've got to sort of respect people that do take it on as a second language and don't decide to quit the first time they come across the word yacht. That's why I speak American. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. The, bi- the Bible is American and, and the um, greatest American is Jesus. Yeah, we don't even speak American. We talk American. Uh, I just... It's, it's just... It's like, I'm not talking about all of America, but if you look at, if you watch some YouTube videos, um, or uh, Aaron Ra's YouTube videos, rather, um, you'll see that he is often in a back, he was at some point in the last two years in a back and forth with Kent Hovind. And it's just this, with Kent Hovind, is this this denial that the language, that the Bible, but English, and there seems to be a sort of... Yes, there is, isn't there? Bell. <laughs> yes, that was Bell. Hi, Bell. Yeah. yeah, well, please don't judge all of, Americans by Kent He Hogan. sort of skips a whole chunk of the... No, 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 I don't, but he sort of seems to... He seems to sort of omit a large part of the Bible's history, which is really shocking um because the bible you know as a book has an amazing and rich history yeah well you know because jesus came to america and wrote the constitution um yes he jesus did write the constitution i have seen that picture of jesus handing the constitution to the founding fathers <laughs> but the thing is as well is is is, is that there's there was during the medieval period a lot of discussions about the Bible and certain parts of the Bible and definitely around the sacraments as well about how far do we um, actually believe that the blood and the flesh of Christ because aren't we saying you know isn't that tantamount to cannibalism and then it's very problematic so it's very nuanced and complicated debate about the Bible and people don't seem to like like a popular audience don't seem to understand that you know that yeah God and they believed in Christ and they believed in the Bible that they were still able to not necessarily question it but it raised questions and they thought about it and they debated about it and if they didn't sort of just accept it as given to them you know they it was looking for meaning you know did it mean something you know was it an allegory was it did it have a deeper meaning? And and I think that's what we've lost today, is the sort of ability to just debate with each other and not get annoyed at each other if we don't necessarily believe the same thing. Well, I'm going to go back to our guest next week, the great Mark Perot, who made a film called The God Complex, which took many of the stories of the Bible and portrayed them as though they were literally happening. 
And there's the wonderful scene where he's at the Last Supper and he tells them, here, eat this bread and it's, this is my body. And they all, oh, they all spit it out. And here, I'll drink this. This is my blood. And they all spit it out. And the one guy says, Jesus, what's going to happen when they bring the bananas out? That's hilarious. Yeah. So funny. <laughs> but it's, it, it's, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like they, they sort of like, they understand that it's not these items are made so so what they say is when does it get infused with the essence of Christ is it you know in the act of making them is it when they are when they're consumed or is it when they're blessed so it's all this debate about they're very you know nuanced debates and very skill debates and and it's very you know you don't expect to see that from the medieval period because you hear this nonsense about the dark ages and everything and everything but it's very there's a a lot of thought goes into the sacrament and it's part of the reason we broke uh during reformation as well it became um it didn't become the literal body of christ and the literal blood of christ do you think it would have made more sense to them if they made, like, Jesus gingerbread cookies? Yes, essentially Jesus gingerbread cookies. I want Jesus well, gingerbread cookies now. Yeah, we need to find a church bake sale. <laughs> I don't know if they sell those at a church bake sale, but I think when the holiday season approaches and they have all those do-it-yourself gingerbread cakes, I'm making some Jesus cookies. And they're going to be delicious. Here's a picture of our powder. By the way, Brian. By the way, Brian. Yes. Where, where's my book? Your book is going to be coming soon, as well as Paul Beggs. There's been a problem with the postal service in America sending things overseas because of COVID. Really? I thought it was all sorted now. It's all sorted, but it's still a pain in the tuchus. And, like, the last time I went there, I had to wait in this line, and they wanted me to fill out all these forms, and it's just like, you know what? Is that because you're sending soap? Yeah, because that's the thing that's going to make it more difficult, sending you Hollywood contraband. (laughs) Our wonderful guest, uh, Jean Bassone, who, uh, Hollywood from Glow, people, as you know, she does custom soaps. I think Yeah. And uh, I, we, we ordered, Lauren ordered some soaps. They were delivered to me in the States so Jean could get them. And I'm going to be sending those in the package with her book as well. But I don't want to talk about my book right now, Lauren. I want to talk about the Olympics because they're finally over. Oh, you... I know. Hallelujah. Hey, Lauren. Yeah. Do you know why the lettuce always beats the tomato at the Olympics? No. Because the lettuce is always ahead, and the tomatoes playing ketchup. Uh-huh. Hey, that was did, a good uh, one. Did did your American gymnast win anything? Because I it kind of went a bit dark about that. She did. She ended up winning a bronze medal. Oh, good. Yeah, and uh, now we don't have to hear about the Olympics for a while. It's it's done. Mm-hmm. Another four years. You know, I uh, I usually really love the Olympics, but you were right when you said this one just didn't feel right with no crowds there and everything being a mess. It just didn't feel like the Olympics. 
Didn't you hear about the guy that got thrown out of the Olympics because he punched a horse? Or someone, it was, I, somebody got pu- uh, thrown out of the Olympics for punching a horse. <laughs> Mongo punched a horse in Blazing Saddles. It's the only horse punching I know. No, I'm glad I missed that story. Um, speaking of stories, we're going to mm-hmm. have some amazing stories with our guest tonight. So we probably should get to our... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, yes. Today in history. History, history, history. Ah, that was good. No? Yes. Okay. You know what, Lauren? I'm going to let you go first, though, this time, okay? So on the 10th, um, 1497, John Cabot... Uh, tells King Henry VII all about his trip to Asia. Now, John Cabot is a very important explorer because he is considered the first European to land on the North American continent since the Vikings. Yeah. What do you got to say to Columbus for that, Lauren? Fuck off. Yeah, fuck off, Columbus. I like like John Cabot. Spanish toad. I like John Cabot too. We should see if Ansel's got any friends that could tell us about John Cabot because he's kind of a pirate, but like a really early pirate. Well, he's kind of a good pirate. <laughs> oh come on! The pirates we've had, we've the pirates we've talked about on this show are good pirates too. That's true. I'm writing that down because I am going to reach out to him for that. Yeah, even if he and Tabitha want to come on together and discuss it. We, Tabitha owes us a part too, so that needs to be coming up soon. That's true, and I know that you're afraid to have Tabitha on alone with me. Yes, I am. Poor Tabitha. <laughs> what? I think she liked it. Yeah, but you know, Ansel. Yeah. He knows how. He knows how to use a flintlock. You know, be scared. Yeah, yeah. I'm not worried. I love you, Ansel. You're my bro. You're my bro. It's all good. So, uh, should we go on to my day in history to get me out of trouble? Yes. Ugh, oh, is it going to be about fancy rounders again? All right, well, today in history, August the 10th, 1950, the great Billy Wilder released one of my all-time favorite movies, Sunset Boulevard. That is a good song. Sunset Boulevard premiered this day in history, 1950, at Radio City Music Hall, New York City. What a great fucking movie. It is a good movie. And it's one of those movies that every time you see it, it just really sticks with you. I mean, Bill Holden's great, but Gloria Swanson is pure genius in that film. Yeah, but it's not as good as my view now, which is my neighbor's cat. She's cleaning her dainty little paws, and she's looking very smart in her new collar. No, you know, Cleo refuses to wear a collar. Um, we used to have a cat that used to lose her collar. Looking back now, it's called Rosie, and she's got a brother called Leo, who's a, who's a lovely, beautiful, silver tabby cat, and once presented us with a, with a mouse. Yeah, Cleo presents me with all kinds of gifts, like knocking things over onto my head and just being a general pain in the tuchus at night. And then 
he left the garden so we tidied up this dead mouse and then he came back looking for it so we felt a bit guilty that we tidied up his mouse yeah it's like he didn't want you to keep it he just wanted to show it to you well we saw him kill it see my cats are indoor cats they don't do that shit Oh no, we live in the we live in the country, so you know it's pretty sad to keep them in. Yeah, don't matter. Even if I lived in the country, my cats would be indoor cats. Oh, now I can see Leo. He's got a new collar too. It's quite sad that they're not my cats, but I know when they've got a new collar. That's not sad. That's just observant. Yeah. They they use our garden a lot. As a as a poop hole? Nope. As somewhere to sunbathe and sleep. Oh, well, there you go. And hunt. My Cleo is a naughty girl. She's a bad cat. No, she's lovely. She's beautiful. She's the cutest cat I've ever seen. But she is naughty. Oh... They're all naughty in their own way. Oh, she is the most naughty cat I've ever seen. I love it. I do. It kind of adds to her charm because she's so sweet and innocent looking. But And then she's like, have that. But she is a cat, and I'm always reminded of that when she acts like an asshole. Oh, all cats are assholes. True. All cats are secretly middle-aged. They're born middle-aged, middle-aged people. That's uh, that's a good observation. But now I'm middle-aged, so what are you trying to say, Lauren? <laughs> well, that, that you don't take any nonsense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it sad that technically I'm considered middle-aged? Yeah, you're getting there. Yeah. Actually, I think I'm beyond middle-aged now. Geriatric. I'm something, I don't know. Brian, I'm yeah, I'm I'm, be, I'm definitely beyond middle age because I ain't gonna live to twice this many years. <laughs> well, that's a sad thought, isn't it? Yeah, I think we should just go over and talk about EVPs now. We yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's go talk about happy <laughs> things like communication with the dead. <laughs> oh, actually, you know what? We laugh about that, but since it's Neil and Kurt, you know we'll have fun. Too much fun. All right, well, let me fire up. It's the Magic Interview Box. <laughs> and, uh, who, who's, you want to flip the switch, Lauren, or should I flip the switch? You I'm a bit nervous about this. I am. All right, flip it, Lauren. <laughs> All right, Lauren, are you prepared? Is your seatbelt strapped on? Yeah. Because we're going to talk to the dead tonight. And I don't mean the Grateful Dead like we did before. We're talking about EVP. Now, I have to point out, when uh, Neil and Kurt and yourself got all excited about doing a show about EVPs, I was very confused because, you know, we're a serious history show and I had no idea why you all wanted to talk about enormous veiny penises. 
And then I did a little research and found out it actually stood for electronic voice phenomenon. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yes. So, people, if you see EVP oh, in the title, it. it's not about enormous veiny penises. It's about next, next week's show. It, that's next week's show. <laughs> this is about talking to the dead via uh, sound recordings. And um, we've got our two favorite guests... Or two of our favorite guests, I should say, because, you know, other guests listen. Hello, we love you all. In the man, the myth, the legend, the mustache, Sir Neil Story. God bless you. Fight the power. And our paranormal partner, co-host of the Strange Sessions, not Krista, who couldn't be here today because she's (laughs) at a bridal shower. But Kurt did join us. And, uh... Kurt brought along some EVPs he recorded in his ghost hunting days. So yes, we just are a couple. Going to talk about the history of this electronic voice phenomenon. Now, first off, guys, welcome back to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for having us. And it's always good to see both of your smiling faces. Agreed. And to hear your dulcet tones in the world of transatlantic history ramblings. I want to point out that I'm sorry I thought you guys were talking about the other EVPs. And now that I know we're talking to the dead, I'm, I'm good with it. I hope you didn't spend a lot of time researching those other EVPs. You get some weird hits oh, when did. you put that in Google. <laughs> <laughs> I, I waterproof plastic floor covering. I didn't get that coming up in my Google search. Uh, uh, am, I, am I on the wrong track? Oh, God. Okay, we better talk about ghosty stuff then, I guess. Yeah, speaking of which, you know there's a new website in America that's advertised all over TV for, like, health foods, and it's actually called Nuts.com? Hey! How that wasn't taken by a porn site, I have no idea. It probably was, and they maybe bought it out. Yeah, probably. (laughs) So, EVPs are, um... I was first exposed to these uh, via the, the Art Bell show. If you all remember Art Bell. And uh, Lauren's laughing when I said exposed to the uh, EVPs. But uh, (laughs) not that kind of EVP, Lauren. But, yeah, Art Bell used to have guests on who would play these EVPs. She's even had to mute herself right now. (laughs) Yeah. She's getting flustered. Yeah. But I'll, uh, I'll I'll try to ignore Lauren's giddiness. But... What I learned, EVP is, is not a new She's thing. I mean, this has oh, been around actually. since the advent of sound recording. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. Like all the way back to Edison. Yeah. I actually have in my notes, because we did an episode about EVP, um, and I have in my notes that one of the first recorded occurrences of it was in actually 1901. A uh, anthropologist named Waldemar Bogoras was using a phonograph to record the languages, songs, and beliefs of various indigenous tribes from Siberia. And he was recording a ritual performed by a Chukchi shaman. And as the shaman entered trance, he began to hear a lot of different voices all at once, speaking in both Russian and English. And when he played the recording back, he heard it on the recording, too. Do you so think that's, that that album would have sold as well as Frampton Comes Alive? Probably You're the indigenous. Oh, I wouldn't joke about EVP um, music because that actually is a thing. Yeah, 
yeah yeah that is a thing um some musicians have um yes, incorporated I, evp into their um, music i have I good friends that are yeah something like that i have very good friends yeah. that are composers and they've used some of our evps in compositions yeah. which because i my friend ali she's um she's uh, she's writing her uh, doctoral thesis on uh, the goth on gothic tourism and um i i uh I introduced her to Necrofusion, <laughs> and it's quite a curious thing to listen to. You can't um, really dance to it. It's, it's not easy to dance to, no. but it, it's, no, it's, but it is. No, it's not a foot tapper. <laughs> it's interesting no, it's stuff. Just, so what's, what's the synergy with? Is it synthesizers or, yes, or accordions or recorders? What, what, what are we going with? And the, they manipulate the EVPs to become part of the sound as well. I think yeah, if you ones, look. At It's not on Spotify. Some of them are on Spotify. But if you look up on YouTube, you have a whole album by some really prominent ghost hunters as well have got into Necrofusion. Yeah. Necrofusion. Necrofusion, yes. That sounds ominously close to quite an illegal thing to do. (laughs) Yes, illegal and and immoral. (laughs) Yeah, we're just talking to the dead here. Yeah, just talking. You're just. We're not something else to the dead. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes, Your Honor. You know that won't play well in court. That's all I can say. <laughs> Although when you play it back, you might hear dead people talking. So. <laughs> no. So, well, so seriously, yeah. this goes all the way back to 1901. Yes. So, so is that recorded on wax cylinder? It had I believe to have been. so because he did use he used a phonograph, so it had to be a wax record, a wax a, ra- a wax cylinder. Because they don't sound that good wax no. cylinder I have to say no uh, and, and and to be well, honest they do sound like a voice from the other world anyway it would you know? be one thing though if he didn't hear it in person first when the shaman was chanting but that's when he heard it first and then he realized that the wax cylinder picked it up because that is one of the big arguments against evp is that we're just hearing you know we're 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 making making it up we're making up what we want to hear in it well that's an interesting point i want to bring up now because as we all know i'm the skeptic of the show not a debunker just a skeptic who wants to search for any logical answer before with a lot of modern evp you can make an argument to explain it off as you're picking up signals from it could be wireless devices from miles away you could be picking up uh fm feeds you could be picking up am feeds even if you're not using an am fm radio you could be picking up signals off of a line off of a telephone line but some uh, wax cylinder 1901 it's kind of hard to say that as an excuse so that's an interesting uh interesting place to start what did the uh, evp say I, it was just the. It was just the. Um, according to the article, it was just a multitude of voices in Russian and English. Hmm. So I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what it said. Interesting. I'd but like to some, hear that. Some sources say that they actually still have this recording at the Minnesota State University, but I don't know if that's true or not. Well, we know who we're contacting now. Neil, get yeah, on that. Would, Minnesota like State University. What sounds like. Yeah, well, Neil's got some pull. Neil, Neil can get us that. Yeah, I, 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 stateside, not so much. Dude, it's the um, accent. You just call it, up with the there accent. There are some faculties over there that I've worked, but, but they tend to be the faculties that have the. They've got some wonderful British manuscripts, 
yeah. I've had the ch- and they're Victorian authors, and I've had the chance to work with them, uh, and, and connected through via the, the wonderful late Martin Fido, as as well. Who we had a sort of complementary love. I I loved Bram Stoker and his work, and he, he loved Oscar Wilde and and his work, and researching those two authors. That of course they kind of knew each other. Their parents got on better. But anyway, that's a, that's a, that's another well, story. Well, Bram got on better with, um, with Oscar's brother and his parents because Bram okay. is documented as a visitor to um, Lady Wilde's house where she would regale them all with folk tales of Transylvania. Oh, yeah. And, but don't forget, yeah. Bram went to see Oscar years later, you know, in, in the 20th century. They, they were still seeing each other. But I think the biggest thing, of course, it, it, Bram did marry... Oscar's ex-fiance Florence Balcom so that's an in, it's an interesting little, little little connection I think I wonder if Bram's on an EVP somewhere I was going to say you know you'd like I to think, think that someone like Stoker would there'd be an EVP of Stoker saying uh, you know you know Jonathan Harker sucks or something Bram loved technology he incorporated all sorts of if you think about how the doctor records his diary in in the book Dracula, he's speaking into a phonograph, and that would be you know it's 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 ultra modern. It'd be an ultra modern way. Uh, it, at, at that time, diaries are being recorded in in, in on a on a in, on a typewriter, and they're communicating using typewriters that were new in the yeah. time of. Uh, the, the, the Dracula book. So yeah, I, I'm absolutely convinced. And and also you've got to remember at the time that Kurt is talking about the early 20th century, it is a time where there is still uh, a great uh, draw towards the unexplained. There's certainly a, seems to be a bit of a renaissance in in the love of the and the fascination with the the paranormal. Especially in America. And that's interesting. When you think about the, the, the mediums are coming back again, uh, n- not quite like the, the, the table-turning experience of the 19th century, but you'll see there's more, there are more mediums appearing again in the early 20th century. There's, there is that fascination. You'll see uh, people like Conan Doyle that are sort of revisiting those themes. And of course, you'll see the the Cottingley fairies phenomena that's later on in the early years. So, you know, if you think of the first twenty years. Well, yeah, because you're talking post World War One, um, with so much death yeah, and destruction that people are going to want to cling on to the paranormal at that point. So you would expect a boom. And but even yeah. before that, though, especially it's in America, before, when you've got yeah. all the different. You've got all the different pandemics. You've got the cholera pandemics that were happening. Yeah. You've got yeah. the tuberculosis pandemics that were happening. Whole families were losing vast amounts of people. So the hope that they could contact them or have some comfort yeah. from speaking to psychics, you're, you know, you can kind of understand that. But if you think it's, yeah. it's intriguing, isn't it? If you think of the phenomena, there's an awful lot of debunking carried out in the 19th century you know when you look at the, the Davenport brother, brothers that were doing these stage shows and then they kind of turn it around into kind of showing how they were uh, creating the, these illusions but it seems to be but a new generation had, comes along in the early 20th yeah. century but and you they, also had some like 
you had mediums that were doing like the the photography with the ec- the horrible horribly faked ectoplasm pictures. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you and you will see that uh, in, in some of the books where, where they emit ectoplasm from. It, it's a quite quite an eye opener, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, well, it's not just out of the nose. You also got to look at society as a whole. When new technology and things progress, you'll see people start thinking paranormal thoughts are involved because they well, don't like, understand. Like you brought up Edison. I mean, Edison was very into this, and he wanted to create a machine that would pick up voices from the dead. Spiritcom. Yeah. He wanted to communicate, didn't he? Yep. Yes, he did. Did he have a particular name for his recording device, or was that part of Spiritcom? I don't remember. Did he ever do it? Spiritcom. Because I know that he wanted to devise this idea of having a... He, he of course, with the telephone, he... He wanted to take that to the next stage where he really could. You could pick up I, a phone and speak to dead relatives. I know that towards the end of his developing it, he changed its name to the Thomas Edison Communicator, or the TEC, but I'm not exactly sure what it was before that. Yeah. Yeah, so it makes yeah, you wonder I, if Alexander quoted, Graham Bell believed he's it. Quoted in a, uh, Edison's quoted in a 1920 American Magazine article where he says... If our personality survives, then it is strictly logical or scientific to assume that it retains memory, intellect, and other faculties, and knowledge that we acquire on this earth. Therefore, if we can evolve an instrument so delicate as to be affected by our personality as it survives into the next life, such an instrument, when made available, ought to record something. So he totally, he, he believed that this was, there are some people that think he was joking about it, but he was really devoting a lot of time to studying this if he was joking about it. He's a, he's a lot of things, Edison. And, you know, when you trace some of these inven- inventions back, you know, you can find that there are, the, uh, there are other origins for some of them. But no one can deny the man knew. Uh, he knew business. And there's no, I don't think there's any way he would have wasted good business time. In money. With, and money. Uh, with with a joke like Spirit Com, I, I I think he he believed there was something in it to go. You know, everybody, if you're in business and you're you're a venture capitalist, you'll have highs, you'll have lows. You know, some things will succeed, some will not. And even if you're really committed to it, it won't always work. And I think, yeah, I think there was he was sincerely thinking, yeah. And and if I can pioneer this and make this work, I'm gonna be cashing in again. Yeah. Yeah. Now, EVP yeah. is interesting because it transcended all the forms of sound recording. I mean, yeah, wax cylinders, they claim, picked it up. Analog tape picked it up. Uh, digital, they say now, is actually the best form of picking it up. Digital, of course, in my opinion, would be the most easily influenced by outside sources. So I don't know how much faith you could put into that, but... It, it's it's not like you need one specific type of recording instrument to do this. They claim you can do it on anything that records sound. But then that also like begs the question, how does this work? How is it able to go to record it onto a, a cassette tape and and still end up getting recorded onto digital audio? You know, it's just like it it makes like no logical sense how it works. So, what, Kurt, what was your first introduction to EVP? Oh, I mean, what sparked your interest? Actually, 
when I, you know, I've had a paranormal, an interest in a paranormal my whole life because of stuff that I saw in my house when I was a child, like a lot of people that are into this stuff. And um, there was a time when I was very young, I want to say nine or ten, and my friend that lived through the yard from us, he was over and we were sitting in my bedroom and we had an old cassette tape recorder. And we were. Keys. You had to press. Yes, down. you had to press them. Twi- you had to press down with two fingers to record, record like that one. one. So we we were sitting in my bedroom just recording us being stupid, like a ten or eleven year old boy would be. And we went back and listened to us. And then when we were listening to us, at one point our voices trailed off, and we heard a voice say, "Get out!" And then our voices came back on. Whoa! And at that time, this kind of wasn't a thing, so we were like, what was that? And that's something that's always stuck with me, and then once the ghost hunting shows came out and they were trying for EVPs and stuff, that's when, that EVP is my favorite aspect of ghost hunting. Like, I love trying to catch EVP. But even you admit, and you've told the story on this show, that you literally caught an EVP. Yeah one time when you thought yeah, you caught yeah, it something. it was literally an EVP. But it was yeah, Kurt like I said, that's Yeah, it was that JFK prep, and I, like I said, I had in my head what I thought this recording was saying, and it wasn't. It was the sound of me peeing outside against a tree. You know, so it's very, very easy to... Was that to, your EVP? Yeah, that was it. Yeah. See what I did there? Yeah, yeah. yes I do. Neil, what about you? What was your intro to the world of EVP? Well, it, it's intriguing that it's 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 very similar to Kurt's. When I was a kid growing up, we all had a cassette recorder. Well, a lot of people did, and you would listen to the radio. And they didn't have radio, you know, cassette radios were kind of built in at that time, so you'd listen to the the top forty, and you'd record your favorite tracks and sometimes and it wasn't just me there were other people that you you think you've got a good clean recording without the dj talking over the last bit they're pop pickers great track you know you think yeah nice and clean and you'll have a voice that comes on there that sounds very much like your mum or, or someone's dad or whatever and you, you don't you know, we were kids and you just didn't know who it was and it wasn't every single week but it was frequent enough for like i was picking it others were picking it up and they were different voices and it, and it was really strange a lot of us we just put it down to that it must be a fault on the cassette tape from the last week and it's a snatch of voice from the dj but when you when you think when we think back to it when we were coming onto the show i did one friend that I do remember very well and he had one that said leave it um, and I remember and I had a little chat with him and, and, and he really said no no I, he remembered it too and it was nobody that he knew in his family it wasn't his granddad you know or anybody that he knew no family and it was very very clear now did it scare you no it just it, it was just something on a cassette and Kurt, because were we you frightened? We didn't oh. attach anything at that time to it being paranormal. It was just we were we were kids, 
Yeah. You know, and that's it, how we were too. We were like, what was that? Yeah, you know, yeah. and we had so much stuff happen in that house that I was kind of used to it, so it didn't really freak me out. Yeah, it was it was more annoying that this voice is on there, and it's only in in these more recent years that that I and, and others that, that, that I was at school with, and maybe people who are listening will contact us and, and let us know that you know it was the thing back in the day in this in in the nineteen eighties nineteen nineties. Kids were doing these re- recordings. It was a. It, it, I never got an EVP when using uh, a built-in cassette recording device uh, in a cassette radio recorder. It was always when it was separate. It had. It was always the separates. I remember those days where you had to set it by the speaker of the yeah. other radio and then and then wait for the song to start and then hit play and record at the same time. Absolutely right. And it and it wasn't. It didn't have a microphone. That was detached uh, no, remote by a lead. And it the sound quality, quality was horrible. <laughs> it, yeah. it was. Luckily, the statute of limitations on bootlegging has expired, so you guys are okay for bootlegging <laughs> these recordings. But <laughs> back in its day, and nothing was being sold. It was just being. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, and Lauren, what about you? What was your like introduction to the world of EVP? I mean, because you were as giddy about doing an EVP show as I've ever seen you get for a show. So. There's got to be some story, something that got you interested in this. I don't know. We, um, you know, in Home Alone, you had the um, the Talk Boy, and there was a girl version called the Talk Girl. Well, my friend used to have a Talk Girl, and we used to go looking for them purposely, but we never found any. I'm not sure what a Talk Boy is. They, you know, in, you know, time. in you know, in Home Alone, when he records the television. And he records it on like a dictaphone, but it's like this massive thing. Yes. Yeah, that's called a talk boy. And there used oh, to be right. two. There used to be a talk okay. boy and a talk girl. Pink right. for girls, blue for boys. Oh, it was like silver for boys. So if you're using a dictaphone, is there a girl version of that? There was a dictaphone. Is, is it called a, a vagina version of the talk? or something? Or, 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 a badger <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, come on, I, I can't help it. You're all lucky I didn't do my Alexander Graham Bell joke when we talked about the telephone. Okay, I'll do it. I always preferred Alexander's brother, Taco Bell. Hey, hey, come on, that's gold. Come on. There's a Taco Bell in Swansea now. It's horrible. You can't say that because there are other taco shops available. That's international audience, Lauren. You can't say that. I love Taco Bell. But there is a Taco Bell in Swansea. There is an actual Taco Bell in Swansea. Declare it, you know, with with the power that you have now on transatlantic. You cannot, because you you could put hundreds of people out of work by, by saying, you know, Taco Bell is one or the other. You know, you, you, no, the one in Swansea is awful. It's horrible. I love a Taco Bell. What are you having a Taco Bell then? Tacos. <laughs> does, it, does it ring once you've made it? No tacos. You you go you know, to Taco Bell. You get a taco. What do you what do you expect to get a Taco Bell? Do you, do beef sticks. Well, you get burritos. You can get all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. On a bell, in my taco that actually rings. Yeah. That would be Otherwise, awesome. why do you call it Taco Bell? Because uh, of the, the logo. As far as I'm concerned, what's going on there? 
if I go to Kentucky Fried Chicken, I will get a Kentucky Fried Chicken. Right? Yeah, but you will get the Colonel. You will get right. it served by the Colonel, and he's the logo. But he's on the box, so. yeah, because it is his recipe. Whereas Taco Bell, yeah, you get a taco, but where is the bell? On the box. It's on, it's on the box. Yeah, I'd still feel a bit, bit let down by that. Yeah, they're good. Though. It's because, uh, according to the internet, uh, according to their website, the creator of the very first one was named Glenn Bell. So oh, that's, that's where Taco that's Bell came from. So it's up there with the Colonel now. Yeah, Glenn Bell, love him. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the tacos, Taco Glenn. With Glenn, I mean, you call it ta- Taco Glenn. Yeah, I don't think I want to eat Taco Glenn. Glenn. I crave a, a lush valley filled with delicious tacos. Ooh, the Taco I'm Glen. I'm liking it. <laughs> I'm, I'm hungry now. Just wait until we get a Tim Hortons in Swansea, Brian. You'll be over here like a shot. Oh, I got, I I got three Tim Hortons within walking distance of me. I love it. Ugh, I envy you. And their coffee. Tim their coffee's Hort- Tim Horton, um, it's a coffee was, shop. It's amazing. Yeah, Tim Horton was a professional hockey player. And he was killed in a car accident while he was playing. He was one of the best players ever in the league. He was and when he died, his wife... What's that? No one got bloody killed if he's playing hockey when he's driving a car. Yeah. <laughs> Very dangerous. But uh, when he when he passed away, his wife opened up a small donut shop and named it after him in oh, his hometown. Oh, and then they started becoming very famous for their blend of coffee, and it became a huge yeah. franchise in North America, and they're all over the place on the uh, northeast and the, the uh, southern Ontario. It's a fresh coffee. You're an instant. For, oh, it's a fresh coffee, and it's the best-tasting coffee in the world. Do you have a Tim Hortons in Wisconsin yet, Kurt? Not that I know of, but I have been buying the the grounds, the Tim Horton coffee grounds. And yes. the, we get it in the grocery yeah, store. And that, that is yeah. probably my favorite coffee. It's oh, they're the good. best. But a lot of Canadians, because it's huge in Canada. Huh? Yes. I mean, a lot of Canadians say the coffee's not as good as it used to be. And here's but... the thing. Do you know where Tim Horton, uh, what team he played for when he when he was killed? No. The Buffalo Sabres. Thank you very I was gonna much. Get, I was going to guess Buffalo. He was actually <laughs> driving home from a game in Toronto to Buffalo when he was killed. But... Um, that's another story. Now I want coffee and tacos. Thank you. Let's get back and to works. talking to dead and people. That'd be great. So, EVP is so... They're, they're freaky. Because like Kurt said earlier, people say you hear what you think you're supposed to hear. And, and I can really see that because, especially like on Art Bell where I was introduced to it, they would play these clips, but beforehand, the people who had them would say, now you're going to hear the person say, get off my lawn. And then they'd play the clip and you'd hear, get off my lawn. And you'd think you heard, get off my lawn. But if they didn't tell you what you were supposed to hear, nine out of ten times, you would say, what the fuck was that? A lot of this came up back when Judas Priest, one of those boys tried kill. one of them killed, I think they both ended up dying, but they they shot themselves, yes. and then Judas Priest was blamed for having reverse, for backwards, backwards messages in their music. Oh, that goes back to the Beatles, I mean, there was some... Oh, and the, yeah, the Beatles, too, yeah. yeah. Beatles did have backwards stuff in their music, though, but not to the extent I think people think it was, but... 
it's one of those things where, like, even in court, people were saying that if they told you what you were going to hear, you would hear it. But if they just let you listen to it without being told, you couldn't hear anything but gibberish. And that's that's with a lot of EVP that's the case. But at the same time, they would play a few that were so crystal clear that you're thinking, yeah. right, this is fucking fake. Yeah. Now, Kurt sent me a couple, and we're going to listen to them as the show goes on. I'm going to play oh, one I'm of them. listen to them now. Well, I'm going to play one of them <laughs> now. This now. Which one are you going to play now? I am going to play um, the one that's labeled The Hymn in the theater. That one was weird because that's... Did you listen to these beforehand? Yes. Yeah. What was happening in this one was we investigated a theater here in town. The owner, uh, the manager actually had us come in because they were experiencing so many things. So we went in and we saw stuff when we were there. We heard stuff when we were there. But this EVP that we got just floors us because this theater was shut down for a while and turned into a church, and then it was turned back into a theater. So at one point, I'm walking down from the second level, and you can hear Rhonda, a girl in our ghost hunting group, say, Curdy Kurt, because she sees me walking down the steps. And on my recorder, in the background, you hear what sounds like somebody singing, like almost kind of like a religious hymn. Yes. And there was nobody there doing that. Nobody else had it on their audio. And this one, when I listen to this, even if it wasn't labeled with what I'm supposed to hearing, I hear it clear as a bell. To the point where it actually sounds like someone is standing next to Kurt yeah, in a sing-songy voice doing this. Yeah, and there was nobody in our group doing that. It was us and the manager. And, and if it and wasn't we were... Kurt who sent this to me, I would have called bullshit on this one, but I you know, I trust and I believe that, Kurt. That is one of the things is that I love EVP, but I'm very skeptical of it unless yes. I am with the people that actually get it. So I'm going to play it for you now. I'll play it a couple times, and then we'll discuss it. But uh, And Lauren and Neil, be honest, if if you didn't know Kurt and you just heard this and someone claimed it was an EVP, would you call bullshit or not? And knowing that it's Kurt, tell me what you think of this. It's about 10 seconds long. I'll play it once now. Okay, did you hear him start singing at the end there, Neil? I, 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 did the voice say, bullshit? Yes. 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 <laughs> to me, to me, I hear something about sin. I okay. mean, it was a church, and I hear, like, who sinned or who sin. I you want to hear it one more sin. time, guys? All right, There's here. something there. Yeah, here it comes yeah. again. You do hear the woman say, Curdy Kurt, and then at about That's the five-second mark, it comes on. That's just go. so weird to me because nobody I, responds I, to it. I'm, you know? I'm sorry, Kurt. The guy is singing bullshit. I, I believe <laughs> that's but I think maybe, and I'm not being silly, I, could you get a skeptical ghost? Who thinks, you're all messing around trying to find me. This is all bullshit. He's actually got you. He's got you. It very well <laughs> could be. It very well could be. I mean, that's crazy. But, yeah, if, again, if, what did you... What's amazing about that one to me is I hear it so clearly. I believe that that's ghost voice. I I yeah. it's so what clear. Did you catch it on? Was it just a recorder? Or a do digital, you use something like 
No, uh, a cheap digital recorder I got from Walmart. I think I bought it from Amazon, actually. And it's just weird because that's none of our voices. Nobody responds to it, so it's just bizarre. So I have no explanation for that. And that one is so clear, it sounds like the person standing next to you, and they're just like, like if me and you were walking down the street and I started singing bullshit, and your recorder picked it up. It's that clear. Yeah. Yeah. But again... As as I say, Hadlin Kurt, somebody that I I believe I know... and trust, uh, I would have said, come on, yeah, yeah, it's not a ghostly voice. It's someone in the room with you. Is there you a chance to, it was one of time. us? Yeah. I don't think it's one of us, but there's always a chance that one of us could have been just singing under their breath or something like that, and, and yeah. nobody responded to it. But it's just bizarre because that's none of our voices. Nobody in the group that wasn't the, the manager's voice. So I have no explanation. And... If nothing else would have happened there, it would have been one thing, but we had quite a few things happen there. We saw a shadow figure up in the second floor. Um, I don't have it on here, but I also had an EVP where I'm in the theater part of it where people have, I think, said they saw a child. And when the door is closing, you can hear what sounds like a child's voice saying something. So we had enough stuff there that, but like I said, I can't 100% say. temperature variations, Kurt? Or, I, or anything that preceded the phenomena? No. No. Nope. It just showed up on my recording out of the blue. Wow. And I'm not saying with 100% certainty that that's a ghost voice or an EVP, but we really don't know how to explain that one. What do you think about the, you know, now there is so much variation on the ghost box. You've got the Frank's box, you've got the ghost box, you've got the polterpod. Polterpod? Yeah, the polterpod. It's like... Um, it's like it, it's the same it's, a, it's the same shape as a an Alexa um, the little round Alexa and it's got like a clock face on it and you wind it up face? A, a clock face <laughs> a clock I, I heard what Neil heard twice. I heard I, what Neil heard I, too <laughs> I didn't get that twice seriously <laughs> I really thought she said that I really did. It sounded yeah, like cock. I'm sorry, Lord, but it did sound like cock. <laughs> um, yeah. Right, no. It, oh, it, it, it looks a bit like a big... You know, do you remember um, the very first Tamagotchis and they had the little clock on yes. them? It looks a bit like that. And it plays... It You can play it backwards. So now you're playing it backwards. You take away the... the, the fact that you're picking up any fm radio signals because it's playing backwards but there's also the geoport as well which is quite creepy because they play it in back more about each of these please we've got the the, the oh. polterpod with the clock face no, that that's can just, frequencies no what? that's that's the that's the polterpod that's that's sort of like um a variation on the ghost box it works oh. very much the same as a ghost box then you've got the geoport which is quite interesting because um they it's works on static electricity and you can have a backwards mode and then sometimes you hear like two people speaking to themselves but it's backwards and you can't make out what they what they're saying and then all of a sudden something will come out speaking you know normally um the probably the best the best things the best things to see them are, are the the geoport on is um nick groff's 
Death Walker or Death Stalker? I can't remember if it's Death Walker or Death. Yeah, um, he uses that a lot. And um, is, is that the one? He, there's a there's a female partner with him when when they're, they're investigating. I'm no, sorry, I no, she's she's um no she, she he used to be because that was um that was uh paranormal lockdown where he'd go um around America, and then he went around the UK as well. And then now yes. she's gone off to work with Jack Osborne on Portals to Hell, oh, and now he does one by himself where he um uses a different scientific theory each episode to investigate a paranormal uh, haunted location and he does it through EVPs I like the shows I, I, I think they, they've, got, they've got a good approach to investigating I had such a crush on the girl that he was on with paranormal lockdown, so yes I have a big crush on her so I, I, I her. enjoyed paranormal well, I, I enjoyed paranormal lockdown We'll try to oh, get her yeah, on the show, she, Kurt. But she doesn't do that very much anymore, because sometimes they'll have like a guest person on there as well. Yeah. So, if I don't know if that was to do with the pandemic. There were three, or, or she main, an operation. three main means of communi- communi- communication devices. Is that correct? Oh, there's loads. Yeah, you can download them on your, on your phone now. You yeah, can, I you wouldn't You can download know. EVP apps. I am, yeah. I am so honestly the, I am the, not the, a fan of any of those. Sanyu cassette recorder, play record. We've got Polterpod, and what's the other one? It's Ghost the... Box and um, Geobox. You've got the Ghost Geo- Box. We have Frank's Box, but they don't get used very much anymore. Okay, so it's, it's Frank's the Obvious. Box, yeah, Obvious. That's. I would say that's different though, because that. It's yeah, that's a fanatic, that's a yeah, that's a fanatic generator. Yeah, so they arrange the words. Fanatic. You yeah. don't hear their you don't hear their voice. They arrange words and words. The for batteries you. or an adapter for it. Will my Stargate work? Yes. Probably. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to get a little something of Stargate. Well, you know, I, mean, the... I got told off because I was chucking rubbish through it, and it, you know, I got got a bit of negative feedback. Then it just went off. It uh, happens. Yeah. Yeah. I know. No, I, uh, I, um, I I do find it funny that you got all like these the devices. Paranormal puck as well, isn't there? Yeah, the paranormal puck, but it, I yeah. think it's kind of like the ovulus. Can you? Can you've got to reiterate that latter word. <laughs> puck. Puck. Spell it, please. Like a hockey puck. A paranormal puck. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You, now you are pulling my leg. No. No. It's, no. It's, um, it's you the crusty ovulus. So it's going to have the. You put it down on a table and you sit uh, at a different end of the table. It's like the obvious where it has a phonetic generator. It chooses words and it plays you a word or it appears on your um, phone or iPod. And, In all seriousness, yeah. can I pose a question? Yes. With all of the, and I'm, and I, I, I've been jesting a little bit there, but ser- and I mean this seriously. Do you think that the technology is really pushing too far now. No. I think what it is, is... Look, everybody I've spoken to who does EVPs and believes in them have said that a simple digital recorder is the best way to pick them up. Yeah. Well, that, well, that's so the these devices the are a like, money-making scheme things, by people. No. The well, things that the ovulus, though, wasn't that invented by a skeptic 
that does invent things for ghost um ghost hunting groups i think bill chapel and he invents things for them well, um the whole but he's thing... completely skeptic but he just likes inventing it things. would be like saying to harry price can you make me a cassette recorder that will record ghosts honestly gov you know I, I no just... he doesn't it's just it's just they tell it's just he sort of thinks about it I'm and says if you're making these what i'm talking about is ma- any sort of type of manufacture of something specifically to tune into ghosts whereas as, as, as brian says no, I, I i think i feel that if you just use a standard recorder that doesn't try and mess around with frequencies or it's just a standard recorder in a room i remember the results that we were getting and i just feel at this stage at this point in time that's still the best way to get what i would call but the reason I'm confident that it's reliable it's so the not reason these things are being invented though is because of the things that you said at the beginning of the episode like it could be interference from a phone line it could be an interference from yeah. fm radio so this is why you have these devices that can ha- that do have a backwards mode that's and the I'm, reason why you have the ovulus because that's not picking up fm no. signals and i'm, that's I'm not a fan of the energy in the room i'm okay. not a fan so of these devices but i like these, that analogy yeah. i like that it's idea like, that it's yeah yeah it's Okay, that makes more sense. Coming out of the fact of somebody saying it's FM radio. Well, you can't if it's if it's if its function is picking up energy on the room. You can't say that if we're playing it backwards. Yeah. That's one of the things about having like a digital recorder is that we've been outside in cemeteries with our digital recorder and I happen to see a fly buzz by my recorder and when I listen back to it, it almost sounds like a voice. Like you get like the fly buzzing by it almost sounds voice where an ovulus or a paranormal puck eliminates that because all of its sound is self-contained. But let's face it. I mean, I am not. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I'm good with that. Okay. But I'm not an expert in these things. But sound travels in waves. It's at a frequency that we're not necessarily going to pick up. I mean, it can be through light wires. It can be through electricity in the air. It can be through ground waves. How can we be sure that these devices can cut all that out? We yeah. can't. Exactly. So it's like it doesn't but, really but but, uh, solve the problem. It no, might it cut out AM, FM waves, but it's not going to cut out power what? lines. But no, it's it's not about that. It's about eliminating certain things. So yes, you you quite rightly said that that is an issue. So the next thing that comes along will be um, works in a way that eliminates that. So it's all about trying to find something where you can't say that this has happened or it's interfering from this or it's baby monitor or it's baby monitor feedback. You know that's quite that can happen. You know it's just about eliminating. The the, imposs- the the possible, so all you're left with is the impossible. So that, each one is like sort, the sort one of... The one that I, I like the least is the, the Frank's box or spirit box that goes mm-hmm. through the radio spectrum and just takes out little bits of... Like that one, I just cannot get behind. But, the but ovulus, not many people do use that anymore. No, the ovulus and paranormal puck where it has the sounds inside, I can get behind, but then that leads to the question, 
you know, they, these these goats can sometimes barely come through on an audio recorder. How are they going to go in there and adjust these sounds in order to make it into a... But is I have to case? say, when I've seen the footage of these things being used, the one, there's one on, um, I've, I think it was on Holzer Files, and it, and it, I think it was only used in one episode in, in series one, and it seemed to scroll through all of these different frequencies at quite a rate. Now I yeah, know that's that you the can search, but the that's point the pulse if you are trying to search through your radio, if you're listening to a radio and you've got a manual search, if you searched at that speed, you'd never get anything. No, but according exactly. to what people so believe, you're hearing little chunks. Yeah. So that's the point of it. Because it's scrolling so fast, you can't... Anything that comes through and you can make sense of it is an EVP because, obviously, it's moving so fast you wouldn't be able to catch a DJ's voice on it. Okay, so let's get past the okay. technology aspect of it and actually talk about the theory behind this. Because, Kurt, you've caught some EVPs. Yeah. Um, Neil, you've caught some EVPs. Do these voices seem to be responding to you, um, making reference to you being there, or are they just disembodied voices that don't make any sense? You know, I mean, are they answering your questions ever? Or are they actually communicating with you, or are we just picking up, let's say this is real, and we're just picking up sound from a, another dimension. Let's go quantum physics here. And we're picking up something draining in from another dimension. We're picking up parts of a conversation that we're not involved in and they don't know we're involved in. Which one is it that, in your experience, seems more likely? We've, in my experience, we've had a little of all of those. We, you don't have it, but we played it on our show. But we had one evp we caught in a secondhand store near madison wisconsin that we used to go to all the time we got to be best friends with the owners so we were doing a thing where uh one of the ghost hunters had dowsing rods so we never really used those on an investigation so the ghost hunter with the dowsing rods went downstairs and we hid a fur coat that's that we did we thought maybe had like stuff attached to it so we hid this fur coat the dowsing rods led, led right to this fur coat. It, the girl came back upstairs, used the dowsing rods. We, we watched the dowsing rods turn and go exactly to where the coat was. So then I think Krista, Krista was the one that asked the question. Krista took the coat out, and they were talking about how maybe something is attached to the coat. And Krista out loud asked, would you be mad if I took the coat home with me? And after on our recorders, right after Krista says that, there's a really whispery, shimmery voice that that says, well, would you wear it? And that wasn't any of us. So that was almost like a direct response to the question, would you be mad if I took the coat home with me? It says, well, would you wear it? You know, so, and, and other times we I have... That's a great response. Yeah, other times we... It shows we, that there's a consciousness. Yeah, yep. And then other but times... It's not, other times, it's, it's just a random sentence that means nothing or or gibberish i have to say that from the ones that i i remember from all those years ago that friends used to pick up it, it, it used to be quite an abrupt 
statement. Yeah. Things like leave it, um, put it away, or it sounded like an interjection. Yeah, the, the one, the EVP that, the that EVP. Quite brief. And they didn't seem to be. These kids just be recording stuff uh, off the radio. Um, I don't the think EVP they that I sent Brian, uh, the one that's labeled JFK Prep, that was a just like you said, that was a direct answer to the question, and it was just one a one word interjection. Yeah, but, but very clear. You know, so that was a direct answer to the question that we asked. So let's get to that one. Okay. Um, you want to set it up, and then I'll play it. Yeah. Um, I won't tell you what you're supposed to hear, but you should. It's. I think it's in the title, so you should hear. I that. know what it says. But yeah. We were at JFK Prep, which is the five miles away from here. It's and it's a beautiful property, but it's an abandoned high school. It was a high school at one time. It was a seminary. Uh, there's a. We always say that this is like the. the paranormal investigators wet dream because there's an abandoned high school there there's an abandoned church there there's an, a cemetery there so i mean it's a little bit of everything and there's rumors constant rumors about it being haunted and our group was one of the few that actually got to do a legitimate investigation with the owner out there and in this clip we are in one of the rooms i believe this was the dormitory i think we were in one of the rooms in the dormitory and in this clip, you're going to hear Barry. She's a girl that was in our ghost hunt that is in our ghost hunting group. And um, she says, we asked Jerry, the owner, was down there with us. And we asked him, we said, well, do you want to ask the spirits here a question? And then he asks, uh, what should I do with this place? Because he didn't know if he wanted to keep it, sell it. So he asked, what should I do with this place? And then Barry repeats what he says. She says, what should he do with this place? And when we were there, there was complete silence. There was no answer. There was no anything. On everybody else's recorder, there was absolutely nothing but silence. But Mark Zahn, one of our people in our group, caught this on his audio. And Mark was not very you know, very technical, so he didn't fake it. I mean, he's, he gave me, like, the whole audio and everything. But there, I think there's a very clear answer to what they want him to do with this place. Alright, so let's hear it. It's harder to hear on here, but you can hear what sounds like a very growly, gruff voice say the word nothing. Now let's hear it again now that you know what you're supposed to hear. There it is. Thoughts? It doesn't come across on the audio super well, but you can hear a voice say nothing. Nothing. And, like that. And there, yeah, like that. And there was nobody, nobody said anything. It was complete silence after he asked that question. So, I don't know. I mean, I feel like that was a direct answer to the question of what the owner should do with the place. Lauren, your thoughts? I don't know. When I first heard it, I thought it said keep it. Uh, that's possible too. I mean, we hear nothing, but whatever it is, it's a direct answer to the owner's question about what he should do with the place. Neil, what about you? What are your thoughts? I, I'm I'm not quite so convinced by that one. 
I, I'm drawn to recall there was once an entertainer by the name of La Petta Man. Who oh, could, yes, uh, the flash ones. Yeah, who yeah. could perform yep. national anthems using uh, natural body gas. Uh, you know, that, that would be more impressive than that noise. Uh, 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 the audio that I heard, maybe if I heard the audio played in a, in a different medium. Yes, I if you heard the actual audio. What I was hearing here... Yeah. Uh, it didn't come across well, but but I I don't doubt your sincerity. No, if, if you could, if you it, heard the it actual comes audio, across it does. If you've got headphones in, if you've got yes. earphones in, it comes across really well. Yes. Okay. Have you got headphones in, Lauren? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, you snuck them in underneath all that hair, haven't you? Yeah. Oh, oh, th- now there he is. Look. I don't. Oh. No, I don't either, Brian. So I'm on the real deal. No interference. Yeah, <laughs> in. Yeah, the real thing. <laughs> oh my hair. But lovely. We do have one more that Kurt sent me, and this oh, one, and this one is, it's clear. It's weird. Yeah, and this one is weird because I feel like this one is significant because when I caught this, I was the only one in the building. Uh, I was. The owner, uh, because we got to be such good friends with the owners of the secondhand shop, they let me stay there overnight by myself. So this one, I let a recorder play. In an antique shop? Yeah. They have antique guns and weapons. And Were you tempted to sort of duel against your shadow? No. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I would have been. That's just you, uh, Brock. That's I... just you, Neil. That's just you. I, I would my... It would just be like a stick. Nobody's going to leave you... Overnight anywhere in a shop. <laughs> no, but when, when I caught this one, I left my recorder in the basement in the... We called it the furniture room because it was where they had the couches and all that stuff that were for sale. And that's where a majority of the stuff happened. So I had my recorder running down there. And when this one was caught, I was upstairs laying in a sleeping bag reading a magazine. And you can hear a voice say something. Yeah, what kind of magazine? A room full of couches. You're in a sleeping bag alone reading a magazine. Did it involve any type of lubricant, baby oil? A treat it was, no, because it was... That's just magazines you read, Neil. That's just, that's just you. Uh, I'm definitely just not, because it was a magazine about professional wrestling. So, uh, it was, speaking uh, of which, if well, you all go to Amazon... Wrestling experience. You can buy The Wrestler's Wrestlers, the Masters of the Craft of Professional Wrestling, written by some bloke that I know. And uh, on sale on Amazon and uh, through all fine booksellers everywhere. Right, that's oh, my book. <laughs> it is an excellent book. It, it, is seriously, it is seriously one of the best books I've read about wrestling. And I've read quite a few. So it is, it is excellent. Thank you, thank and you. And I'm, I'm also very, very sad about the passing of Bobby Eaton. Yes, yes. Our thoughts go out to the family of Bobby Eaton passed away the other day. Very young, too. No, I had a friend that worked down at the Bradley Center in Milwaukee when they had a wrestling show down there. And Bobby Eaton was was trying to figure out how to get into the arena, so he talked to my friend. And my friend said he was just the absolute nicest guy you could ever imagine talking to. Beautiful Bobby Eaton, another one who died way too young. But no, I was upstairs. I was reading a wrestling magazine in my sleeping bag. And then I went down a little while later, got the recorder, and listened to it. And I was like, this voice showed up. And I, you know, a lot of people don't agree with what it's what they think it's saying i know what i think it's saying but yeah so let's hear what y'all think 
and I'm going to play it now. What's weird about this one, too, oh. is that there's almost like a pre-echo. You can almost hear, like, like whatever it is, is like trying to manifest the energy to speak, and it says it quiet, and then you hear it again louder. One more time. Now, what I hear it saying is the name Michael. And other people have completely different things, but I hear, and again, these all sound better when you are listening to the actual MP3 of it, not, you know, but I hear the name Michael. All right, I'll do it one more time for you now that he's put the thought in your head. No, I hear. I still hear wake up. Yeah, that that that's people hear wake up. People hear. I hear Michael. Other people hear different things. But wake up would make more sense. I feel like that's a a female voice, and like I said, I was the only one in the building at that time. The door was locked, and it was just me. So I have no explanation where that would have come from, unless it was like the the waves, a bit like a swimming pool. Yeah. Yeah. That's odd. Was was that affecting your sound? Were you near water or no. was it? No. Very no. odd. But I know what you're saying, and uh, no, it, it wasn't. So I, I just found it bizarre that I caught this voice when there was nobody else in the building, down in the basement where nobody was. And I, I feel like I, I have it stuck in my head that it's saying Michael because a week before we were there, there was another ghost hunting group that was there that had a psychic named Michael that was trying to make contact with the spirits. So that's kind of why I have it, is that maybe whatever is there. And that's interesting, because that's, I was Michael. that's I don't why you hear Michael, and Lauren heard the story that you were upstairs in a sleeping bag, and it was alone downstairs, and she heard wake up. So, yeah, I mean, it, 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 that makes sense, too. Yeah. And again, now that's an example where it's obviously not really responding to anybody. There's no questions asked. It's just there. No. Yeah. So basically, we're saying ghosts are dicks. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, yeah. naughty boy. <laughs> no. And in fact, that's calling an awful lot of the paranormal world onto you, my friend. Do not do that. You know. No, I think what he's saying is that they're so inconsistent. You know, sorry, long that they're, they're so inconsistent that it is a bit like they're being they're, they're teasing us. Like, yeah, or maybe they just can't get the right frequency. Something no. happens, and, and, and it's lost. And it, we you know. have we have done dozens of investigations, and I think from all the investigations we've done, we maybe have seven or eight good EVPs. And it, it does not happen with the frequency that it happens on ghost TV shows. In my experience, I mean, a lot of my experience with you know, looking for ghost hunting EPs is me sitting and listening to recordings for eight hours and getting absolutely nothing out of it. So it doesn't happen, but when it does happen, it makes you wonder what's going on. I want to go to... It's a weird question, because I know how strongly both you and Neil believe in the paranormal and the ghost world. But to you, what is the logical assumption? 
Is it that these are spirits talking? Is it that it could be frequency interruption? Or is it the quantum mechanics theory that maybe something's bleeding through from a parallel universe? I know that sounds crazy and wacky too, but you know what? Who knows? It doesn't because I, I totally buy into the quantum physics idea that there are parallel universes and that if they get close to each other, they can affect each other and that causes weirdness. And that could be what this is. There Which, could be, you know, that's an expo- expo- uh, common explanation for your shadow people that yeah. you're so interested in. A lot of people think it's bleeding through of a parallel universe. Yeah. It could be a time glitch. Maybe the week before we yeah. were there, maybe the week before we were there, somebody from other group was calling for Michael and it just happened to catch it. You know? But also as well, if you look at um, t- uh, space-time theory, all time exists in one go. Yeah, yeah. So it could be that something happens, there is a weakness or the, or the conditions are right and that you and this other time exists at the same time for a brief moment and they hear you and they answer your question to be honest even though i am a ghost hunter and i believe in ghosts i find that theory more plausible almost than that it's a spirit from somebody that's passed on because sometimes if if you i know that i know this is a very bad example and a very controversial example rather but if you look at something like um i know that there's a couple of ghost hunting shows that hold hold ghost shows that have looked into this most haunted did and they got a result that it was somebody in a previous century they were doing a seance at the same time they were there ghost hunting and the it came through that the seance thought that they were ghosts and they thought the seance was ghosts and also yeah. that they also in nick groff's new show he, he was in a prison cell and he was asked asking and the same thing happened again he asked a question about ghosts and then he said, well, aren't you the ghost? And the EVP came back to something saying that the person asking the question was the ghost. Like, yes, there's ghosts. You're a ghost. So That's it's kind of like that maybe we're haunting, like, like the past and the future yeah. are haunting each other. And I, I, I think there's something in that. I, I, I really believe that there, there needs to be more serious scientific and academic study of paranormal rather than this blanket dismissal quite a lot of academia seems to want to enforce on it uh, through vanity or whatever I think it's very foolish not I don't think it's vanity I think it's because people have seen this as a you know as something that was for a lot of people very something very serious that they studied and you know, unfortunately, it has become some sort of mass entertainment and is now shoved in the bracket of reality TV has on it. My, my point that I wanted to make was that I think it should be studied. And I, I agree. I think that the notion of the, it could be another uh, medium group communicating with us we're both ghosts uh, I, I was quite moved by an episode of the holes of files when they were recording in a cell and there was a run of water there and the, a, a young girl was supposedly drowned down there and the evp came through and it it was fairly clear i i could certainly hear it and it, the little girl said 
can nobody hear me? And that really touched me. And so it, it made was, me it, think... Well, no, it was, it, was, it, was, it was more upsetting than that, because wasn't it, hello, can, why can't anybody hear me? Was, yes. It was something like, hello. There was a hello at the beginning of it. It, it could well have been. So the, the child is reaching out. Uh, yeah. And I think, well, what, I, what I feel about this is that there will be, as there are different types of, of ghosts and hauntings, so you'll have the, the poltergeists, you'll have atmospheres and smells and manifestations, then I think there will be more than one type of ghostly sound. Uh, or, or there will be some that will, in the same way that some spirits will interact, or whatever, what we would label a spirit, a ghost will interact, others will just be a manifestation, a replay, if you like. It's an interesting parallel. It takes us right back to the 19th century. And it's the case that at the time, it's late 19th century, and it's... Uh, and a piece written by Augustus Jessup. Now, he was uh, the headmaster of the Norwich School, actually. He was also quite a well-known author, a good antiquarian. Not a man that you would have down as a, a fan or somebody that, some, somebody that would have indulged in an interest in the paranormal. But he goes to a place called Mannington Hall in Norfolk. And he wants to see some of the rare volumes in their library. He's very excited to see them. And with permission of Lord Walpole, he's Lord of the Manor there, he says to Jessup, yes, you, you can see it, but the, the servants have got to go to bed. But you can have a, have a seltzer, water, you know, but put some candles around the table so you can see what you're doing. And you can start to look through those books. And so he did, and it's in you know in the witching hours, really early hours in the morning, and he's absolutely loving these books, but he becomes conscious of a hand on a chair opposite him, and he looks, and this hand is quite blue and translucent, and you have to ask yourself, in all honesty, would you have wanted to see what that hand was attached to? He did. And then he looked, and there's an arm, and there's a figure. And the figure looks quite relaxed. And Jessup was just struck that he he was seeing something not of this world. But the thing that really foxed him was that in the presence of such a thing, and we might consider this in the same, if you actually had a ghost or an alien standing in front of you, what would you say, particularly as a lay person or, or somebody that you know has not been out there hunting ghosts for a lot of years? What would you say? And he referred to the experience, and he he really didn't know what to say, and he went to get his sketchbook so he could draw the person that he had seen opposite him, and they just melted away. And and he and what Jessup felt was that he was looking through time's telescope. So he was looking at this figure that appeared to be in 17th century dress, regarding him with curiosity, and the figure opposite him was in no way menacing at all, and was equally curious to see uh, Jessup sitting there. And I, I quite like the idea of Time's Telescope. 
Yeah, I, I totally buy that. You know, I, like I asked, I asked myself, like, why, you know, my, my dad was still alive when I was doing this ghost hunting. Why has he never showed up in a recording? Why has my mom never showed up in a recording? Why is it these random people saying random things? You know, and that's why part of me can almost buy more into the time glitch or parallel universe aspect of EVP as opposed to a, a genuine spirit. I'd like to go yes, back to what... Oh, go ahead, Lord. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, that, that just reminded me of when Neil said about um, not knowing what to say. It reminded me of the story of Winston Churchill when he was in the White House and he was um, coming out of the bath and he supposedly saw the um, ghost of Abraham Lincoln and went, oh, Mr. Lincoln, you you appear to have me at a disadvantage. <laughs> I, what I went back to is when Neil said there should be more investigation and serious scientific study of this. The problem with that is, when you're dealing with paranormal phenomenon, it is so easily faked, manipulated, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. plus power of suggestion. You hear what you want to hear sometimes, you see what you want to see sometimes. Also... Scientists have been fooled by tricksters and magicians. So, the, the actual, that, which is one of the reasons why science shits on so much of this. Because it's like, look, every time we investigate this, someone tries to scam us. So it must all be bullshit. If everyone we've ever come across is a scam artist, it's all a scam. You know, they've been burnt so many times. Famously, UCLA was burnt uh, horribly uh, in, the, in the 1970s. So, science has taken a fuck-you approach to it. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. I think you're right. I think there should be more serious scientific study. But the serious scientific study should also be done by people who know the tricks of the trade. Like Houdini, when Houdini did it, he knew how to catch the, the scams. If you do it in a lab with some, you know, doctors who don't know anything about sleight of hand and and, and trickery you're not going to get any serious results and as a result they've been before people have had their credibility destroyed by writing papers that we've witnessed genuine psychic phenomenon only to two years later you know have james randy go to them and say uh you know you just got totally uh you know screwed on that one because this is how they did it you look like a fool now so no scientist is going to want to look like a fool by going into it well, that's the problem, you see, and I did say it does come down, I think, to a, for some, and I not everyone, but for some, it seems, from my experience in, as a historian, as an academic, that some just won't discuss it at all. It, it's rather like, I'm going to shut my eyes and go, la, 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 and pretend it's not there, it doesn't exist. And I think that's very foolish. Uh, and it also means that they're not... Those that are engaging with it are not working with the right people. Yes, use the poacher-turned-gamekeeper. I've always thought, if you're going to look at a history project or any sort of project that is public-facing, who would be your fiercest critic? And if that person is a critic who really has something to say that's founded on good fact because they've got this eye for detail, I think it's, if possible... If it's possible, it's not totally unreasonable to engage with that person as part of a team to see if we can move forward using uh, people with the magic knowledge, with the critique 
of a, a skeptic side, you know, it, working together as a team. Well, I, I it think should be. You're right. It should be team. magicians, psychologists, scientists, yes. physicists, all working together. Special effects. Like I would, I would, I would love to have Penn and Teller be sitting on that because yeah. they know all. You know, Absolutely. and they do. They do that. Uh, I tell you what I think is interesting. I think seeing on television that there are quite a lot of different shows now that are showing footage from a variety of cameras, phones with a camera, etc. It is it's becoming far more prevalent. I mean, in the, in the 1960s, 70s, 1980s, when I, was, I was growing up. Ghost books would reproduce the same images, some of them dating back right back to the 1930s. You'd see the brown lady on the steps of Raynham Hall. You'd see the car yeah. with somebody's, the ghost of the mother-in-law on the back seat, you know, the, the ghostly figure near the altar that may or may not be the cleaning lady that came to clean the step. They were they were just a few. But now with the with the... Infinite number of monkeys idea that you can that you will eventually produce something if you think of the infinite no, and it is not an infinite number but a huge number of millions of people with cameras that can work at a click with with vehicle cameras with cameras that are locked off on on I've, I've been absolutely fascinated and I think I'll be quite disappointed if some of the cameras that are recording figures near roads where there have been uh, full accidents, for example, and you'll see a ghostly figure crossing the road. And some of them, it's just a lock-off camera. We're told, I I don't have reason to think there's anything dubious about them, just a lock-off camera, just there for security, in case something untoward happens, and they are capturing paranormal activity. And that that impresses me. as long as it's genuine, I mean, that's it, when you see these. It, it, I, there was one of a, a. It was a girl stood by the roadside, and she just seemed to walk out and disappear into the road. And I thought, yeah, yeah. If I was going, in my limited experience of, of, of the paranormal world, that's what I think. A ghost is a glimmer. Uh, it, it, it's from what I've seen and what I've experienced. Others will no doubt have interacted for far longer, but it, it's a it's a, a glimpse of the paranormal world, the, the parallel universe, whatever it may be. It's a glimpse, and I think mm-hmm. that also applies to these sounds that we'll get. These uh, some will be replays, some will be a genuine interaction. But I, I think the majority that I have seen and heard and personally coach for they sound very much rather than any sort of interaction it's it's something that's replayed or managed just managed to get through at that point in time the other problem with investigation now is technology has gotten to a point where with photoshop in digital effects, in mm-hmm. video editing, on my laptop, I can recreate things that will convince most people of a UFO sighting or Bigfoot or a ghost or anything paranormal. It is so easy to fool people now 
that Brian you take your t-shirt off and walk through a woods man I, I would film you you'd be the first yeti wearing glasses well it, <laughs> it's funny because I'm so Irish that I'm like my body is almost completely hairless other than my head and face <laughs> so it would be like the weirdest looking Sasquatch <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you a ghillie suit. Yeah, it's That'll true. be fun. <laughs> There'll probably I mean, be some hunter out there shoot you. It, it's so... that that is why that I only trust evidence from somebody that I personally know. Like I'll watch ghost hunting shows. I don't buy anything that I see on the ghost hunting shows, but I'll watch them. But as far as like believing in stuff, it's got to be somebody I know. Except like, Patterson Gimlin. Too easy. Yeah, maybe that's why I I, I like I, I know Dave Schrader personally. We've met. We 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 he brought a whole two wonderful groups of folks over from the states, and we toured around the country hunting ghosts, and and I like Dave a lot, and I believe in his credibility, which is why I like Holzer Files so much. Is because I I believe in him, and I don't think he would put his name to anything that he wasn't happy with. So that's why I like that show so much. The way they, they, they approach ghost hunting is the way I approach ghost hunting. Yeah, uh, he's gotten so much free publicity on this show alone. He should come on an episode. Hey, well, <laughs> reach out to Dave. He's a, he's a really lovely guy. But I know he's a busy guy with, with his Darkness radio show as well. But it would be great. Absolutely great. We're going to wrap this up soon because we're actually going longer than expected. And Lauren's about to fall asleep. Lauren's falling asleep. Yeah, yeah. Lauren's falling asleep. I'm going to be up at five in the morning. Yeah, so we're going to wrap it up here with um, Lauren. What's your take on the EVP phenomenon? And not I'm talking the you know, you know, enormous veiny yeah. penis, the actual electronic voice phenomenon. To bring it back, doesn't it? Every goddamn time. <laughs> I think it's very interesting. I think it's very difficult to say one way or another because we don't know. We don't have that certainty there. But you know, there are definitely there are people out there that have caught some interesting things on tape that have no explanation. Um, I think it's again something that requires a bit more in-depth study and research from a variety of people, like we like we've spoken about tonight. Neil, I'm going to let you go now. I absolutely agree with with Lauren. Uh, I think between us, we've thrashed out a, a great idea to push forward uh, the exploration of, of, of paranormal in general, uh, including EVP. We, I, and I sincerely hope that there will be teams, multiple teams, so that the, the findings can be compared. Uh, of poachers turned gamekeepers, special effects folks, uh, paranormal researchers, and scientists that will look into uh, EVP and the paranormal and, and see if we can find out more about what this is. It's ex uh, for my money, it exists. It does exist. And Kurt's quite what it the, is, I don't know. Kurt's going to get the last word here on EVPs. Agree. So Kurt. Your take on the whole phenomenon, your part in it with capturing some of these EVPs, and what you think the future of EVP study will be. I I think it's, like they said, it's something. I don't know what it is, but there is something to it. I, I don't know if it's 
you know, could it be 100% mistaken identity? Possibly. Could it be time glitches? Possibly. Could it be ghosts? Maybe. Like, I don't know what it is, but we've caught enough and experienced enough that I know it's something. As far as the future, I feel like they, like, like they said that right now it's got such a black eye because it's so tied in with reality television. You know, and I, it's seen it's seen as like the lowest common denominator, and I feel like maybe once the paranormal shows all go away, maybe in the future after that it might be taken seriously, but I just feel like it's too interwoven right now with the idea of, you know, Zach Bagans, paranormal television, that kind of stuff, and it's just scoffed at by by professionals. On that note, we're going to wrap up our discussion on EVPs. Hopefully we won't catch any on this episode. I'm editing, and if I hear someone say, get out, I'm (laughs) done with the show. But I want both of you to promise you'll come back on very soon, and we'll do more paranormal talks, more study of the weird, the wild, the strange. Come on, give me a commitment, guys. You're both going to do this? Definitely. Definitely. You've got a promise... And I think we shall we shall look at ghosts or monsters or some sort of strange phenomena in the not too distant future. It's always a pleasure, and, and thank you to to Lauren and to Brian, and always to share space with Kurt. Yes, good to see thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you yes. to all our listeners. I look forward to our Sunday get-togethers. Yeah, they're they're always so much fun. And, uh, you know, as the obnoxious skeptic, I have uh, so much fun doing the paranormal shows because, you know, we don't know. That's the difference between being a skeptic and a debunker. I'm skeptical. I'll look for answers, but I don't know all the answers. So I love having you guys on who have different opinions than I do on it. And, you know, we're never going to get to the bottom of it. We can have a hell of a lot of fun talking about it, right? (laughs) Exactly. Well put. All right, so, from the man, the myth, the mustache, Neil Story, all the way in the north of England, and our wonderful paranormal partner, Kurt, in Wisconsin, and with me as always... Lauren from Swansea. This is Brian in Buffalo saying, good night. Bye. Good night. Ciao. Um, yes, he, Jesus did write the Constitution. I have seen that picture of Jesus handing the Constitution to the Founding Fathers. <laughs>